You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. The car feature. It's the car feature time. And we are going to be talking about, I keep saying the downsizing, but because it just seems like the reality, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about cheap yet reliable cars in South Africa. And maybe it is relevant to you because you're considering downsizing, or maybe you want to share with us a cheap yet reliable car that you are driving and that you are completely happy with. We're going to be joined by... Van van Staden, publisher from Apex Magazine, to have this conversation and he'll share the latest. But give us a call 011-8830702. Your SMS is 31702. Tweet us at Rilewekile M at Radio 702 using the hashtag 702 Afternoons and the WhatsApp line 0727021702. Just confirming it's Van and not Fun van Staden. Van is bang on. <laughs> ah, there we go. Okay, my <laughs> gut was... <laughs> yes, you may, Van. Yes, you may. I'm very excited about this conversation because I'm seeing many people on the socials that are talking about how they are absolutely struggling to keep up with vehicle payments, insurances, um, petrol and diesel, and they they almost feel like it's not possible to downsize without compromising things like safety and comfort. Listen, I think by downsize, we're actually upsizing in this kind of cheap and affordable new car segment. It's it's crazy how the industry has evolved and how kind of these cheap and affordable cars come stock standard with absolutely everything from ABS brakes, numerous airbags, uh, central locking, most of them come with automatic now, full LCD screens. It's it doesn't feel like much of a downsize. Um, but yeah, I've got five little numbers lined up that I think the listeners would enjoy. Um, I don't but know but I have to ask though, um, um, Van, before we jump into um, the little ones that we might like, I feel like maybe 20 years ago, your entry-level cars were significantly cheaper. And I don't mean that without taking into consideration how the economy has changed. Is that the case that back in the day, I mean, my first car was a VW Chico. It it went up to four (laughs) gears. It didn't have much going on. Whenever I did long-distance trip, we actually, you know, would have the discman with the speakers on the floor and you would be dying driving through the the Karoo, you know. But it was it was so easier it was so much easier to get a car back then than what it seems to get now. Okay. The the economy and plays a big part, but imports has really significantly affected the industry and that comes down to to fuel and bring crude oil, like all those things have one hundred percent affected our our cost of what we're paying for cars now. Um, internationally in the States and Europe, people are paying significantly less than we are. Um, and that's why a lot of brands like Volkswagen and ECU that is manufacturing in South Africa can cut down a bit on the cost. And it also finds that we are exporting more now. Yes. Um, and I think that's at the end of the day the, the main contributing factor as to why it feels like we're paying more today compared to what we did five, ten years ago. Can I make it worse? My dad often tells me how he bought his car for two th- first car for 2,000 rand. <laughs> and it probably cost him 10 rand to fill the tank. 
<laughs> so I really have become my parents. To, <laughs> let me take his girlfriend to the movies for five Yes, bags exactly, exactly. <laughs> so before we jump into the different cars, can you maybe share with me what the current data um, sh- uh, um, um, speaks about? And also, when you do look at this list, what are the things that you take into consideration? Because there are many little cars around, but what is it that makes these ones um, the type of cars that you would recommend? Look, from a, a price point, that is first and foremost, um, to get a reliable car under brand new, under 200,000 rand, is definitely the benchmark here in that budget-friendly segment. Um, then we also look at engine size and something that definitely needs to be taken into consideration is fuel consumption and that is probably one of the biggest things to look at. Um, to give you an example, one of the most fuel-savvy budget cars happens to be not that budget-friendly and that would be, for example, the Fiat 500 mm. that comes in at 260,000 rand. But with regards to fuel consumption, it gives you four liters per hundred kilometers. And that's kind of the best that you will get in this country unless you go the electrical route. Um, so those are the things you also need to take into consideration if you buy a budget car. Is it also fuel savvy? That's like all those things. And from an insurance point of view, some cars take a lot more to insure, especially if they're high risk of hijacking. So every single box needs to be ticked in order to, to kind of make this this list of the most affordable budget-friendly cars. Okay, so let us um, take a quick break. And then what I'd like to do is invite all the listeners before we jump into this list to also share their experiences of cheap but reliable cars and how they're doing for them. What would you recommend? Let us know if this is a list you're like, oh, yes, I could definitely go for one of these. Or if you're like, ish, I'm willing to bite the bullet and take the pinch in my pocket. O double one double eight three zero seven zero two. the WhatsApp line 072 702. The car feature. And our car feature for today, we are talking cheap yet reliable cars in South Africa. And we're joined by Van van Staden, publisher at Apex Magazine. And we've already touched on what are the things or the factors we look at before we talk about the five cars that make the list. But the lines are open to you. 011-883-0702 and the WhatsApp line 072 If you would like to share a car you've been um, eyeing or you would like to share how you downgraded or downsized to a cheap but reliable car and how it's working out for you. So Van, let's get started on the list. I'm sure all of the listeners are quite anxious to know what made the cut. Sure thing, let's get straight into it. So top of the list, look, this list is pretty much dominated by Suzuki. Um, top of the list is the Suzuki Espresso. Comes in at 169,900, it's just under 170,000. And in my opinion, this quirky little number is the perfect starter car for first-time car buyers. I don't know if you've seen one before on the roads. I have not. They are very cute. If you do, you'll remember this conversation. <laughs> Okay, fantastic. One liter petrol engine. It's in manual and automatic options. Next up, staying in the Suzuki stable, is the Suzuki Solerio. Sorting price here comes in at 183,900. And we actually had the Solerio as a long term test car for six months and grew rather fond of it. And 
I can talk from experience that we've got a fuel economy on that of about 4.2 litres per 100 kilometres, which is pretty formidable. Um, taking the third spot on the list goes over to this branch with the Renault Quid. Starting price on that is 184,999 South African runs. I have um, to say, I'm very impressed with the quid, and I only ended up driving it because my car was in for repairs, and usually when insurance gives you a car, it's the Group A entry levels. And I was so impressed with it. Like, it's got everything. Oh, absolutely. That all three-cylinder, one-litre petrol engine does whatever needs to be done, and I can imagine it's a bliss driving it in Joburg traffic. Definitely is. Um, I, I do get nervous with your little cars, like um, for those people that live in the Western Cape and those winds where you feel like <laughs> you need to hold yourself in the car. <laughs> That is actually a true story, dude. <laughs> like, like, have you ever driven past a truck in, in the smaller, like an ATOS or any of the, the little cars? It is very scary because you feel like you're going to get blown away or sucked in. So that's my only concern. But the Renault Quid um, is, is um, a so far on the list, one that I've driven myself, and it was absolutely dope. No, it's lovely. And I've got a cool two-tone color scheme on them as well. So they also like stand out from the crowd. Um, yeah, fourth on the list, and this might be brand spanking new to your listeners, is the Toyota Vitz, V-I-T-Z. It's basically the partnership between Toyota and Suzuki, and it's got the underpinnings of the Solerio. So it's a Suzuki what? with the Toyota Why did they it. do a, um, 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 a partnership, if I might ask? This is so fascinating. Oh. Or she can. Listen, it was probably one of the smartest moves, I would say, in manufacturing history. Ford and Volkswagen has done something similar now. It's basically where they can share certain technologies and where one might have, if I put in name and something better on the engine, they'll swap around engines with each other. Or if it's a body or a manufacturing thing that the one does better than the other, they can just kind of share parts and kind of link up that way versus working against each other, they work with each other. Um, in the greater scheme of things, it's always risky to go that route because then you do buy a badge at the end of the day. You decide if you're loyal towards your Toyota or towards your Suzuki brand. Yes, um, yes. But it was definitely a good move in my opinion. And the price difference with the Toyota Vits and the Solaria is only 5000 rand. So again, it makes it easy for the loyalty of the customer to, to stick there or the other way around for Suzuki. Um, and then last on our budget, budget-friendly list is the Suzuki Swift. And that is by far one of my favorite little pocket rockets. Um, it's got a starting price of 199900 And it's got a little 1.2 liter engine. Um, and again, in my opinion, I would say this is extremely well priced in this segment and the one to keep your eyes on. And I think this is quite an extensive list, but now the question will be, wow, Van, what a great list that you shared with us. Here is the question is, which of these is going to be easiest to maintain? Look, all of them has got fantastic service plans, um, and with Suzuki dominating this list, they've also got one of the best warranties and service plans. So 
that's the main thing to look out for and then also to kind of check afterwards what you can add on as an extended warranty so you'll just have to do a little bit of research but this is a very good base to start off with and all these brands come to a comprehensive kind of warranties um, but getting that add-on if you're planning on driving it out of warranty if you're planning on hitting over 120,000 kilometers or the five-year warranty mark then do look into an extended warranty okay okay so I want us to go to some of the questions that are coming up on the WhatsApp line. Uh, one of them says, please, can you talk about a reliable and cheaper Bucky? I have to work with a Bucky due to loading of tools. And I'm sure many of the listeners feel the same way. Do you um, have any thoughts on that one, Van, just from um, your experience? Oh, definitely. Look, if you can get your, your hands on a secondhand Hilux, those are scarce like hen's teeth, and unfortunately, we live in Bucky County, so everybody's hunting down for that that best secondhand Bucky. But here to highlight Ford Ranger with the new Ford Ranger coming out, the previous generation you can pick up for a steel now, so that's something worth looking at, as well as Isuzu. They've just launched the new D-Max range, so definitely the previous generation, and if you look at like five years old, those are the buckies to look out for, um, and from a kilometre point of view, my brother always joked and said, always look for a, and this is now his opinion, please do not take this as word, <laughs> if you look at a second-hand bucky, make sure it's at over 120,000 on the clock, because by 120,000 most of the things that would have broken has already broken. Oh. So it would have been replaced. So that's yes. something good to keep in mind. Um, but yeah, those are definitely kind of good contenders. And with all these manufacturers launching their new buckies and new ranges, the previous generations will be a lot more affordable. Yes, yes. Um, Joff has a question saying, Afternoon 702 and Van, I'm thinking of buying a reasonably priced secondhand car. Will buying... From, for example, we buy cars, wheelie, etc. be a good idea. What protection do we have should three months or six months down the line the car have issues? Look, most of these, it's a very good good point there. Most of these guys do offer warranties as soon as you buy the car. Um, I can't speak for we buy cars. I've actually recently looked at getting a car myself through Gateworth. Mm. And they've got a really cool 30-day promise. So within 30 days or 3,000 kilometers from delivery of your car, if anything goes wrong, they will fix it, whether it is mechanical or electrical faults. Um, and the nice thing is they go through this extensive process before buying in second-hand cars. So they also don't want this bad name on their mark. So you can be sure that they've ticked all the boxes and you are buying a car that has passed every single check that it had to to pass. It is always risky buying secondhand. Um, but guys like this that do offer a 30-day promise, those are the things that I would look out for when considering buying a secondhand car. Van, thank you so much for that list of cheap but reliable cars. And I hope that those of you that are looking for one were able to select something.